Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Today is the last installment of our Better Together series, and I'm really excited to bring this message to you. It, um, it's probably good that I'm a little sick because I'm a little fired up about this one, so maybe it'll like come out just right. You never know. And uh, we have a really cool series next that I'm very excited to do. It's been in my heart and a heart of our message planning team for some time. It's called At the Feet of Jesus. It's gonna lead all the way up to Easter Sunday. And so today is really launching us into that series. So I want you to be thinking about these two things because today is uh, the title of the message in Better Together is Can I Get a Witness? Okay, so we're gonna be talking about uh, this concept of us all being united together all in, all together, to include, equip, launch, repeat. Well, if we don't include or witness or evangelize or tell people about Jesus, we have no one to equip. We got nobody to launch. All we have is a cool strategy. And so God wants us to start with learning how to, as an entire community, all in, all together, learn how to include, how to witness, how to share our faith. And so uh, we're better together, right? It's way more fun to do everything together. It's way more exciting. And there's way more, there's, there's exponential impact when we do this together. But as we go from today and through the next few weeks leading up to Easter, my challenge to us as an entire church is that we truly become witnesses in our community, with our families, with our friends, and with our neighbors. And on Sunday service at Easter, the place is just jammed out. And from there on, we build it in as a regular culture into our community to share and to witness. So one of the things we're going to be having is an equipping track that's coming up. So we want to preach this message. We're going to let you guys know when this equipping track is going to take place. And we're going to start going out together, teaching, training. I'm going to lead this equipping track myself. And we're going to teach, train people to evangelize, to share their faith. And we're going to literally go on the streets or out into the community and share our faith. We're gonna keep doing that once a month, amen? Okay, so I'm expecting that you're all gonna be there. I'll be taking names, okay. Taking attendance, amen. Especially after today, you should be fired up, I hope. So let's look at uh, Philippians chapter one, verse 27. Above all, you must, must, must live as citizens of heaven. You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. That is your testimony. When you conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the good news, it looks like the good news. The good news is about Jesus, his life living inside of each one of us. You have two primary testimonies in your life, your personal testimony and then the testimony that represents God's church. Eh? You, you stand, your life is an image bearer of Jesus. You look like him or you don't. I look like him or I don't. Things I do, either they, they testify to his nature or they don't. And then the way we live as a community, it testifies to the love of Jesus, the image of Jesus, or it doesn't. There's a lot of unloving things that the church has done under the banner of Jesus and under the banner of, of, of love, so-called love. But it's really, we, it's righteousness. We want to try to convert people to righteousness rather than to Jesus. 
You can chew on that sucker for a while because that is actually a spirit of judgment. That I need you to look like me. How in the heck can you look like me when I can't even look like Jesus without Jesus transforming me? Right? And so this is about the transforming power of Jesus living inside of each one of us. But above all things, we must live like we're citizens of heaven, not of this world. And we must conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. This is not where we point fingers at one another, judge one another. We see that the power of our testimony is so important to the world around us, to the people around us, to our personal testimony and the testimony that we bring together as a community called the church. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit. We're better together, right? One spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Jesus is calling to each one of us. It's a rally call for us to stand together, fighting together, preaching the good news living a testimony that's worthy of the good news, and then we bring that testimony to the world and the community around us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to come, to move, to empower each one of us. We wanna live the way you live. Even though this message is scary, you told us to go, and that makes us feel uncomfortable. Father, empower us by your Spirit to do the things that your spirit wants to do, wants to tell people that Jesus lives, loves, and saves. God, we pray you would ignite our hearts and lives to share our testimony about how Jesus changed us so others can know the good news about his love for them. Thank you, God. Pour out your spirit today. God, I pray that we would more than just get excited today. We would change, shift, be, become new. Our faith would become action today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, um, I'm a dreamer. A lot of you guys probably know that. I like to dream, but I'm also a major doer. And I get frustrated when we talk about doing and then we never do. As a leader, it, it's sort of like pushing a string sometimes. And I don't want to push a string anymore. Don't be a string. <laughs> okay, I told you I was... I was fired up today. Don't be a string in the body of Christ that has to be pushed around. You're like, just figure out all the way, just get all soft and let everything just like move around. You're all like, oh yeah, I could do that except <laughs> just figure out a way for it never, never to do anything. God didn't call you to be a string to be pushed, an anchor in somebody's boat. You're a catalyst for transformation in the kingdom. The power of the living God is dwelling inside you to change the world around you, and he's just trying to get out and get you to go. Be someone on this ship that is rowing, that is paddling, that is pedaling, that is part of the engine that is driving and moving and multiplying. And it doesn't take a lot, church. You, you, it doesn't take a lot to, to make a huge impact when we all do it together. It's where this united front of doing a few simple disciplines together makes this huge, huge impact. I talked about this um, analogy uh, in 2016. I preached a message called All In, All Together, and I was just casting vision for unity. We're talking about the Amazon River. The Amazon is a fascinating thing because it doesn't come from a snowmelt, a giant glacier, and it's uh, found in South America, 
and these mountains, there's so much rain in all these rainforests that go across all these gigantic mountain ranges that all find their way to this one river called the Amazon. And it's just billions upon billions of little raindrops, and it all flows into one spot that works its way out into the ocean. Now, some facts about the Amazon River. The Amazon River is 7 million cubic feet per second is how much water moves through the Amazon. 7 million cubic feet per second, and it moves at 8 miles an hour. The Amazon River at its mouth is 200 miles wide. And it drives fresh water out into the ocean for over 200 miles. You can go, but you go out, 200 miles is the first place that you will start to detect salt water in the ocean because the Amazon River is so powerful. Just raindrops all working together. Little tiny raindrops all coming together with one flow. Listen, you go out so far till you start detecting salt water mixed with fresh water, you can't see land anymore. That's how powerful the Amazon River. Billions of little raindrops go in one direction. God wants to move his church like this. Uh, Robert Roll had that vision, if you saw at uh, our, the setting in of Unite Church, when we launched Unite Church, he said he saw all the grain and wheat and everything blow in different directions, then the Spirit of God began to move, and it all went one direction, and it just went up and then multiplied like crazy. When everything's going one direction, there's serious power. And this is why Jesus didn't give us about 50 instructions. It says, live like I told you to live, and go tell the world. Okay, <laughs> Have a good testimony, it looks like Jesus, and tell people about him. It's not that complicated. We seem to not do these two things very often, right? Or maybe we struggle. Judgment-free zone, let's just do it, right? Then my point today is like, I don't care where we've been. Let's, let's, it's about where we're going. When the, when the power of the church works with purpose and unity, uh, when the church works with purpose and unity, it becomes powerful, when we love together, when we give together, when we serve together, when we help each other, and especially when we worship and when we witness. When we worship, we come one before the Father. He humbles us all. There's no more authority but one, right? We're all one before the Father. We're made one as he is one. So it's so good to worship, and it's only for him. He brings us together. He begins to speak to us collectively, minister in and through us collectively. But he creates this irresistible draw to the world when we begin to work together. And when we see our job as adding value to people's lives rather than judging them and trying them to get, get them to live right or change some sort of policy that is now gonna like make us feel more safe. Look, if you wanna, if, if you wanna change a policy, just let, let's lead thousands upon thousands of people to Jesus every year. And I promise it'll all work out because we'll all start to live as citizens of heaven. And who needs that kind of legislation? Doesn't need it anymore, right? Stop worrying about it. Start witnessing. Worry doesn't lead to transformation. It leads to ulcers, okay? <laughs> Holes in the lining of your being. You don't need a hole in your stomach. Well, you got two holes, I guess. One that goes in, one that goes out. You don't need extra ones, right? <laughs> but we have to learn how to access the power of time together. And when we just think temp 
it with like selective or limited attention. We just think about a little bit of time rather than lots of time altogether. We, we lose the power of what unity can do because unity with simple discipline over time creates radical transformation. I want you to see something. I just sort of did a little bit of math and uh, we have just some simple things. Unity times time. This is what can happen starting today. One small act of discipline together. 400 people, we have 400 adults that regularly attend our church. Include, and I include all of our young adults. You're young adults, okay? You're a teenager, you're an adult in my mind. Do something, okay. <laughs> you should be giving, you should be serving, you should be witnessing. You're an adult, you can do all those things. Okay, 400 people times 52 weeks. You have 52 Sundays a week. You have 52 weeks to work with. If you invited one person a week, if 400 people invited one person a week, that's 20,800 invitations in a year. It, it, that's just a bunch of little drops working together. If 2% of those people actually got saved, we would double in one year. Hallelujah. Only 2%. 2% of 20,800 is 416. And I just wanted to find something, that, a number that would double us. It's only 2%. We only have to be, the Holy Spirit only has to get 2% of the people we tell. And you only have to tell one person a week if we're all committed to it every single week. And look what happens. If we lead 416 people and teach them to do the same thing, now we have 800 people times 52 weeks is 41,600 at 2% of those getting saved is 832, we double again. In another year, we double again. This is a recipe for doubling every single year till everybody hears about Jesus. The next year, now we got 1,600 people. That's 83,000 people get the seed of the gospel in their life. If 2% of them get saved, we double again. Who wants to see 1,600 people get saved in one year? And not because our church was like, oh my gosh, we got the coolest worship and we got the coolest lights and the best seats and everybody loves the coffee cup holders. Sure, fine, let's get those, I don't care. But how about we do it because of this? Because each one of us mattered to somebody else. Listen, we gotta make a mess for Jesus or it's gonna be no fun. And I'm gonna get bored and I'm gonna get grumpy. That's, I don't get grumpy very often. I know it's a lie. I won't get that grumpy. Oh, this start. This will be the only message I preach until it starts happening. How you like that? You're like, no. Okay, we'll do it finally. Don't be a string. Then we got to push around. Jesus wants to do something with your life. And thinking about this, I was actually talking to this guy. Uh, we were I was witnessing to him. He's not a believer. He's trying to figure out where he's at. We were we were just talking about the Lord this week, and he he, he was just talking about just like. The, the fact that the church sometimes just doesn't have this connection with reality. We just miss out on this connection with that people just want to know that us as individuals matter. And, and that there's a real God that, that has this love that is present for each person. But that's when we take the time to sit and to talk and to share. But 
when we understand the power of what can happen when we do it together, it's so much more exciting, isn't it? You go, oh my gosh, there's an army, and we're all out here sharing together. And who knows what's going to happen next week when we all come back together and we've told people about the testimony of Jesus' uh, saving grace in our own life and then we see what happens in their life and now just testimony after testimony of how God is transforming their love, uh, transforming them with his love. But when we do it together, it creates exponential impact, right? Witness together, give together, worship together, serve together. It's when we can make a gigantic, huge impact with very little effort from each one of us. But we can't pick 10,000 different things to try to do. It says with one purpose, standing together. The one purpose, church, is to include. Forget about the rest of the stuff. Let's just start there. Let's all start to include people into our life and into our church family. But you have to desire something in your own heart. You have to desire to be more than average. And you know the funny thing is that God, he picked these fishermen, these super average dudes and average ladies, in fact, below average guys and ladies in a lot of scenarios, people that were in the gutter, some of them, prostitutes and all kinds of disasters, like thieves, tax collectors. Whoop. He even went after the IRS guys. <laughs> and he takes these individuals and he says, there's something great inside of you that doesn't look like the way you've been living. And so no matter where you're at today, if you just awaken the greatness inside of you, you can do these simple things. He takes simple people and gives us all simple tasks. He takes great people that have all these big fatty degrees and think really highly of themselves, humbles us all and says, I don't care about all your big degrees. I want you to do this one simple thing that you feel is beneath you. And then other people that feel like that's too big for me. It doesn't matter. He gives us this one simple humble task to say, just tell them about me and I'll do the rest. And you'll watch the miracle power of my Holy Spirit turn your world upside down. But you have to desire that greatness in humility, desire the greatness to do the humble thing, the scary thing, which is put your, yourself, your relationships, your reputation at risk. Your reputation is at risk. People will reject you. They will hate you because they hate Jesus. The devil hates Jesus, and he hates you, and he's coming after you if you start telling people about Jesus. It's a fight. We stand together in that fight, and guess what? We're an unstoppable force, like this Amazon River that's flowing out into the ocean, which the ocean would be like the world, okay? And we're bringing fresh water into that environment, and if we do it together, it'll become such a powerful force, wider than you could ever imagine, driving out into the ocean as far as you can see. So far out that when you turn around, you'll never even see land. That's how far we can go. To the other ends of the world is what he said. It's possible. But you have to desire that greatness inside and be willing to make a shift. Change the way you're living now so you can live the way he called you to live. In alignment with this testimony or in alignment with this being a citizen of heaven like it says in Philippians. 
But if we're willing to witness in unity, we will see God move. We will see him move. Because he says, if you go, I will be with you always. Matthew 28. If you go, I will be with you always. He'll always show up. The miracles that are, they're awaiting you for you, they're just sitting out there and they're hidden in the sides, inside the people that, that haven't heard the name of Jesus yet. I remember when I heard the name of Jesus for the first time, God spoke to me audibly. You can't do that. Uh, my wife now, she's the one that witnessed to me, her and her, her sister and friends. And they couldn't make the God of the heavens and earth speak to me audibly. They just were faithful to tell me that Jesus was was I was made for him. And there's a God-shaped hole in my heart that I was trying to fill anything else in and it wouldn't fit unless I allowed Jesus in that. And God spoke to me audibly, said, I'm real and this is what you're searching for. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit and it was like electricity from the Holy Ghost blasting through every pore of my body. Never opened a Bible, never been to church. Jesus was only a cuss word to me. And in that moment, I met him. You don't know what miracle is just laying in wait inside of a person when you tell them your testimony, what Jesus did in your life, the Holy Spirit comes in and he will just rock people's worlds. <clears throat> but you have to think about it like this, that you're a farmer and you're, you're called to sow seeds. Paul said, that him and Apollos, they're just like good gardeners, man. They just go in and he called this being a wise master builder in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, some people sow, some people water, some people harvest. Look, your job's just to do the little part all the time. You gotta think about you going out there isn't to just do all the work. God does the heavy lifting. Your job is to sow, water, or harvest. <clears throat> but it all starts with going. It all starts with preaching. What do we got up here? Oh yeah, we're still there, okay, good. The power of your testimony. And I started thinking about this when Apostle Dick Stress and I were fellowshipping and he was like, we gotta start talking about people's testimonies. It just hasn't, haven't been able to get out of my head. Felt like it was the Holy Spirit just speaking to our church, saying we have got to get to this. And I actually shifted my last message in Better Together just because of that influence. And I feel like this is something God wants for our church, is he wants us to, to begin to share our testimony and trust him with the growth process. Look at, this is some of the bigger backdrop of what's happening sort of universally by the Spirit of God. So we find in Revelation 12, and I know there's different interpretations of this passage, but we find in Revelation 12 that there is this big dragon and serpent that is uh, waging war against heaven, and uh, a third of the angels come out of heaven, they get, uh, they're getting disciplined basically for rebelling against God, and this is what we see in verse seven. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. There is a devil. His name is Satan. He was an angel. You guys got to know that. He's not, and they call him a serpent, whatever, all right? But he is your enemy and he's real. And there's a third of the angels that are with him. We call those demons. They're hurled to the earth. All right. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. Who is the Messiah? Jesus. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night 
has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. <coughs> if you wanna be in the fight, you gotta start sharing your testimony. You don't overcome him with a spiritual sword that you go like swing around over McDonald's to take care of demons, okay? Some people think that's how they fight. You don't, you don't win by like, you know, going off into a monastery and just being all alone and seeking heaven or calling down like heaven, like, okay? I'm not saying we shouldn't go and pray. We should go and pray and get filled up because we are going to tell people about the good news, we're sharing our testimony. We overcome the enemy and his rule, what he is trying to take over in this world, which belongs to us, by the blood of the lamb, which is only what Jesus did, and the word of our testimony, about what Jesus did in our life. That's it, that is, the, that is what we are called to do, is tell people about how Jesus' blood changed our life, how his sacrifice made us new. Born again, I was old and now I'm new. We go out and we tell them about what he did in our life. The most powerful weapon you have is to tell people your testimony. And it should be the number one discipline that we never forget to do. And I wanna encourage you, church, weekly, somebody, somebody new, here's about your testimony. Just one time a week, you got seven days times 24 hours, find somebody some little kid, somebody you're not scared of, find a homeless person out on the street, I don't care, just stop and tell them, this is what Jesus did for me. You're taking over the darkness, you're defeating the enemy, no one can stop it, it's just, your job is just to chuck a seed in there. Just throw a seed in there, just, just do a little watering, somebody else might have already thrown a seed in and you come by and tell them your testimony, they're like, wow, Jesus is changing more than one person. The Holy Spirit speaks to him again, ministers to him again. The other part of them getting saved isn't your job. Telling them your testimony is your job. Living as a citizen of heaven, that's your job. Citizens of heaven tell people about their king and how good their king is and how much he's changed their life. Amen? Come on, church. There's a little dragon out there that needs to get his butt kicked. He's, he's squatting on your land. He's come over, he's like setting up his little pup tents in your land and he's, you know, messing up your backyard. It belongs to you. It's yours, Jesus paid for it with his blood. And it's one person at a time that hears about the saving and transforming power of God's love. But this church, <coughs> we need to see evangelists rise up. And we believe in the five-fold ministry gifts. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in Better Together series that God gave five gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Evangelists is where it all begins, folks. We need evangelists that are gonna rise up. We're gonna start training, 
And so I'm expecting evangelists. You've got an evangelistic spirit and heart. You better show up. Don't be a string. Show up. Be a leader. And I don't care how gifted you are, where you're at in your life. Just show up and let God start to fan a flame to that gift he put inside you. But the evangelists that are called to really do the equipping in this area need to show up, need to step up, start leading, start giving, start serving, start telling people, and then teaching other people to do the same. We just keep teaching everybody that comes in this place how to do this, and we're gonna multiply. We're gonna double every year. That's pretty awesome. Then we'll start planting churches. We'll plant so many churches in this city that no one can get away from us. Right? And every need can be met. It's just infrastructure. It's just money. It's just time. All that stuff is all in God's hands. But if we do this one discipline, we get all of that. We're not going to build a mega church. We're going to plant 100 churches. You got to just at least get 100 in your mind, okay? We could probably plant more. We could. This church planted 100 churches already. Why can't we do it? We can get 100 of them in our city. That'd be fun. 100 smaller churches that just keep multiplying. The win is more leaders, more salvations, more churches, not giant, humongous buildings, right? But you've got to start the conversation. You've got to get the conversation started. I just made a little list of some key points that you and I can do to start the conversation. So when we do this, you share your testimony. I was lost. I encountered Jesus. Now I'm changed. Invite them to know Jesus. It's pretty simple. And it's you. It's what happened to you. You can remember what happened to you. This is why God made it so easy. He goes, just tell them what I did to you. You don't need to have to remember some kind of mega formula. You don't have to remember some perfect little track on how to evangelize. You don't even have to answer any question. Who can argue with that? When I tell you that the God of the universe spoke to me audibly, how do you argue with that? You're like, well, I wasn't there. Exactly. <laughs> it's your word against mine. And then everybody looks at how much I changed after he spoke to me. You can't argue with that either. I go, yeah, he kind of was a dork, and now he's less of a dork, or he's a little more awesome. Or look at the love that's going through that person's life, right? How many of you were changed by Jesus? Come on. How many were changed? Where would you be if it wasn't for him? Like, think about how badly people need to have that same experience, not just go to a church. They need to be transformed by the love of God. And he loves them as much as he loves you. And he wants you to tell them. Just tell them. And if we stay in this place where there's no argument, we don't have to worry about having all the answers. You go, I don't know about all that other smarty smart stuff, but I was lost and now I'm found. I was totally broken and now I encountered Jesus and I met him and I'm changed. And you need him too. Come. Come follow me as I follow Jesus. Come into my family. Come to my church. Uh, come, in invite Jesus into your life. We can't lose, man. You can't lose. You and I, we are an unstoppable force like that Amazon River. You can't slow it down. You cannot stop it. It is moving one direction. Just let God lead you together and out. Go. Isaiah chapter 12, verse four says this. You can think about it like this. In the day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Or in that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. 
make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Just sing, just talk, just, just tell people about how good he is. This is what our testimony is, is telling people about the goodness of God in our life and there's no argument. Philippians 2 says this really powerful thing. It says this, therefore God elevated Jesus, him, to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Look at this in John 12, 30. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit. God speaks audibly to this group and he says, this voice was for your benefit. It was declaring that Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, God was, the Father was declaring that Jesus the Son, he was the Son of God. Now, this is the time for judgment, verse 31 on the world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. But in his death, he showed everyone that if we lift him up, he will draw people to him. And when they come to him, he does this power, and it'll happen. Every person's going to do this. No matter where your destination is, if you free will choose Jesus, your knee will bow, your tongue will confess, Jesus, you are Lord. When Jesus is high and lifted up, he drives people to their knee and their heart begins to believe he's Lord and their mouth will confess, you are God. If you tell him, if you lift Jesus up, and you give a, when you give a testimony about what Jesus did for you, you're lifting him up and he's drawing people unto himself. And he's coming in this powerful weight and force and driving them to humility, to one knee. And then they're just gonna start getting saved. You don't have to do that part, that's his part. Look at what it says in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But when Jesus is lifted up, this ma massive, mighty, unstoppable power of God's love is working in people's hearts. You don't have to do that lifting. And all they have to do is simply bow their knee, confess with their heart, believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, they'll be saved. It's this amazing power that God is doing that you are just partnering with. And when you speak and when you go, it unleashes all of that. There's this crazy passage, and just for sake of time, I'm not gonna read it, but in Acts 13, 46 through 52, we see the disciples, they're out, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas are witnessing, and 
they're getting stuck witnessing to Pharisees. And they're getting all this resistance. And then what they do is they just decide, you know what? We're going to go out because you're resisting. And we're going to do what God is telling us to do. We're going to preach to all the Gentiles. And all the Gentiles said this, that they were glad and honored that the word of the Lord uh, came to them for all who were appointed to eternal life. They were glad that the word of the Lord came to them. And when you're witnessing and sharing your testimony, you don't have to fight through resistance. It, it, Paul and Barnabas, they just followed the fruit of gladness. Where, the, where people's hearts were glad to hear the good news. They just go over there and they just tell them. And they're like, thank you. Uh, people, there are people out there that when you tell them about Jesus, their heart just responds and their knee just bows and they just start to confess Jesus. All you gotta do is just keep telling people till you find those ones. It, there is a path where there isn't resistance and there's a path where there's great resistance. You don't have to go through the path of great resistance. Your job is just to tell. If they're being knuckleheads and stuff, Paul and Barnabas, they just shake the sandals off their feet like, good luck, I'm off to these people. I ain't got to have time to waste arguing with you. Somebody out there is gonna be glad that I tell them the good news. Just stick and move, stick and move. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, right? Keep moving, follow the fruit. You'll find pockets of places where you have great favor. But your job, my job, is to go and preach. Romans 10, 14 says, how then can they call on the one that they have, uh, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You're called to bring good news. You might have thought you have ugly feet. You might have ugly feet today. But you can change all that. All you gotta do is go out and preach the good news and you get beautiful feet. You don't even need a pedicure. It's kind of cool. How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news of Jesus with them. Come on, man. I'm hoping my feet are beautiful in heaven. I'm gonna tell somebody about Jesus. But God wants you to take the thing you carry and go share it, in all seriousness. He wants you to take the, the gift of life that you have and share it with people. How can they know if you don't tell them? How can they hear if you don't preach? You're called to preach, bring it to them, follow the fruit. You and I have gotta get serious about this part of our life, church. To, to live as citizens of heaven and go and tell the world that Jesus lives, loves, saves. We have Matthew chapter 28 in the notes. Is that in there? Of course. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come on. Go. Therefore, go. Make so, just sow a seed of your testimony in someone's life. Imagine if we all do it together from this week on until Jesus takes us back. And we just teach people how to do that one simple thing. And we don't stop discipling them until they just know how to at least share their testimony of how Jesus changed their life. What if, what if, if I did the math just two or three more years beyond where we were at 
your brain would have popped and you'd been like, that's not possible. Don't think about it. it. Where we can be together if we are united is unbelievable. Thousands upon thousands. In fact, the entire state of Alaska can hear the name of Jesus in just 10 years. It, but we have to be disciplined. That has to be worth it to you. You have to desire greatness through a humble and simple task of sharing your testimony. And then you don't stop. It's unity times time. Unity times time, church. Right? You gotta be willing to multiply. You don't have to carry a huge burden. You can actually do it with all of us because we're better together. Amen? It's way better together. It's way more fun together. When you get tired, there's somebody to encourage you. Pastor Reed preached a killer message last week about how, how awesome it is when we're, when we're going together and we're struggling and we, we kind of slip and we're falling and we've got all these people that are just hanging on to Jesus together. We're looking at him and it keeps us from having all these petty conflicts. Instead, we just start telling people about Jesus. I promise you, when you're looking at Jesus and you're telling people about Jesus, a lot of those petty conflicts, they just dissolve. Like, who cares about all that stuff? Let's just, let's just tell people about him. But together we're unstoppable like that Amazon River, folks. We're a powerful force. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. There's one way into eternity, guys, gals, and that way is when you confess Jesus is Lord from a believing heart. That's it. No one comes unto the Father except through the Son, Jesus. And each one of us will spend eternity somewhere, either in God's perfect presence or separated from his presence. And when it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, even those that are shipped off into hell, they will bow their knee and they will confess, Jesus, I guess you were Lord. Too late. Right now, it's not too late. If you're here today, you can make Jesus the Lord of your life. And it is so simple. Everyone, no matter where you come from and what you've done, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's nothing you've done that can keep you from God's love. His love is, is so big that it can save, transform any person. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord, you've never bowed your knee, can, believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, today is your day. We'll pray together. You don't have to go anywhere. Stay right in your seat. Jesus will meet you. But if you would, lift your hand up in the air so I know who you are. And if you want to get saved, just stretch your hand up and you'll, we'll confess Jesus together. Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to confess you as Lord of my life. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Jesus, I want to give my life to you. Just take a moment here. Anybody else, you have the courage to just say, Jesus, I'm ready to make you my Lord. Fabulous, let's pray this. Church, we can pray together. And even if you didn't raise your hand, you can confess Jesus right now. It's all about your belief. Not, doesn't say if you raise your hand, you'll get saved. No, if you give your heart and believe he's Lord and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So pray this with me and pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. 
You are my Lord. Save me from my sin. Fill me with your love and fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you. Change me today. I want to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.